This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So the um, let's turn to this now. On Friday, the Transnet's CEO, Portia Darby, uh, it was announced that she had uh, submitted or uh, her resignation following a year of lobbying by business and more recently organized labor as the performance of a state logistics company plummeted under her watch, or at least so her critics were saying. Michelle Phillips, who is the head of Transnet's pipelines and the longest-serving executive uh, who remains at Transnet, has been appointed as the acting CEO. Ms. Darby was appointed in February 2020 uh, on a mandate to clean up Transnet after years of mismanagement and corruption uh, through the so-called state capture years. Let's speak to Director and Chief Economist at Econometrics, Dr. Azar Jameen. Good morning to you and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning to you and to your listeners. Well, here we go then. I do wonder, um, let's first start with the Porsche Derby's resignation. Um, I mean, was it a, a really a case that she um, simply could not, was not up to the task, was not fit for purpose, because the minister had now also uh, asked for the board to look at whether she is fit for purpose, or was she really just handed a poison chalice? Uh, I think it's a bit of both. I, I do believe she was handed a poison chalice. Uh, you know, there was that huge deal with over a thousand locomotives with China, 54 billion rand. Uh, that was done prior to her being appointed. Uh, and that uh, basically those locomotives could not fit onto the actual uh, rail tracks. Mm. Uh, and it was found that that was a corrupt deal. And uh, there were many other instances of corruption. And the, in fact, the very reason why she was appointed was because the former head of uh, Transnet was basically removed from his position because of accusations of corruption. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yes, she was put into, because uh, uh, you, you've got to realize that Portia Darby had a fairly a solid and well-respected pedigree as mm. a public servant in the Department of Trade and Industry and then in NERSA, etc., so, you know, people did have a lot of respect for her. But then subsequently, what we have seen is that uh, there's no question that under her watch, the performance of Transnet deteriorated dramatically. Was it her fault? Um, you know, we do know that there was a huge escalation of uh, crime and sabotage activity uh, 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 under her watch. Is that her fault or is it the fault mm. of the... Uh, 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 police and uh, justice system. But then there's also accusation that she went about making wholesale changes to the management team of Transnet when she became CEO. She offered retrenchment packages, voluntary retrenchment packages to many of the uh, management mm. who were very well experienced within the organization. They took those retrenchment packages. And the next thing is that you had a management team that had absolutely no experience. Mm. Um, whether it had expertise, I'm not too sure about that. But uh, obviously there is the suspicion that it was a case of cadre deployees being put into the management mm. position rather than people who are competent and able to actually run Transnet properly. The fact is that mm. under her watch, the volume of uh, rail traffic 
deteriorated dramatically from mm. 220 tons a year to uh, below 150 tons a year. And that resulted in many, coal, especially coal exports, being forfeited, uh, costing the country more than 100 billion rand in foreign exchange. Mm. Uh, and there's a direct link that can be drawn to these decisions that she had taken. I mean, I suppose the fact that it happened in the two years since she has taken over, uh, that necessarily that has to, uh, fingers have to point at her. Uh, yes, unfortunately, that is the way it was seen. And uh, I think the uh, what really uh, the catalyst to the final action appears to have been, and look, I'm not an expert here, this mm. is what I've been reading, mm. is that the trade unions then started wanting her to leave because they realized that the fall-off in uh, uh, traffic, um, uh, uh, rail traffic, meant that uh, many coal mining companies started losing uh, money, mm. they weren't able to export their product, and that is resulting now in these companies having to retrench thousands of workers. So there's a direct link between employment uh, destruction and uh, the fact that Transnet has deteriorated in the last few years. So the there fa- are those, yeah. oh, sorry, there are those, yeah, there are those who also yeah. accuse her mm. of having favoured ra- road transport over rail transport, and we've seen some of the damage of excessive road transport mm. in the form of uh, deterioration in the road network, which itself now uh, needs uh, repair. So the CFO, she was not the only casualty, uh, Portia Darby, because the CFO has also now left Transnet. Uh, but interestingly, the head of uh, Transnet Freight uh, uh, Freight Rail, uh, Freight Rail, um, that's uh, Cesar Mzimela, who was appointed by Portia Darby, remains in the position. Yes, uh, I, I, I just think that uh, Portia Darby was not fired. I think she voluntarily mm. uh, decided to leave her position because of the the, the pressure, pressure mm. uh, of uh, various parties, including business, including trade unions, became unbearable for her to carry on with. Uh, you know, I don't think that anyone is pointing fingers at Portia Darby regarding uh, corrupt practices. Mm. It's mm. more a case of style of management. Now, what happened in terms of, uh, um, you know, achieving a turnaround? Um, uh, I don't even, I don't know how long will it take to appoint a new CEO, but in terms of what can be done to turn things around there, what kind of a task does the next CEO face, or for that matter, the acting CEO who's now been appointed? It, it's a huge task. Uh, if you bear in mind that a lot of the damage to Transnet has been inflicted by criminal activity, mm. it means that unless you have a proper turnaround in the law enforcement capability to deal with the, uh, all these instances of of uh, um, sabotage, mm. uh, you know, I don't know that you'd be able to restore the whole rail capability. There are those who also believe that, um, um, and I don't know how valid this is, that mm. uh, Porsche Darby was dragging her feet in terms of allowing private sector involvement to come mm. in to uh, overcome the shortfalls in in these problems of transportation through rail. Mm. Uh, if that is true, then one can say that if there is the will 
uh, to uh, kind of absorb the private sector into resolving the problem, then it may be able to resolve it. Uh, we may be able to resolve it a little faster than might otherwise have been the case. Mm. Dr. Azar Jamin, Director and Chief Economist at Econometrics, thanks you so much for your insights. I appreciate it. Yeah. There you go. And then, uh, yeah, another CEO bites the dust at a state-owned um, company, Porsche Derby, uh, resigning on Friday uh, amidst a lot of pressure, um, you know, from all quarters and all manner of uh, lobby groups. And in the end, she decided to fall on her sword. As I mentioned, the, the M- M- Michelle Phillips, who's the head of Transnet's Pipelines and the longest-serving member of the executive at Transnet, has been appointed the CFO as well has left the company. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.